The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 22nd chapter. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. This is the gospel of the Lord. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Let us now uh, together recite uh, these portions of the uh, Catechism. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Please enjoy listening now to uh, Audrey sing our hymn of the day, Jesus' Refuge of the Weary. Redeem. 
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who gives and who strengthens our faith. The words for our sermon this evening are from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, that we have just read. Beginning in 1963, the TV program called Let's Make a Deal became one of the most popular game shows. If you remember, contestants dressed in crazy costumes and host Monty Hall asked them to choose between a prize that they could see and one that was hidden underneath a box or behind a curtain or behind a door. At times, the contestants would make great deals, turning the prize that they could see, or trading the prize that they could see for something far, far better. But then there were other times when they would do quite worse, trading a great prize for something far worse, a prize called a zonk. Let's make a deal is what Judas proposed to the chief priests in our gospel reading for tonight. Our text is a sad and somber account of Judas Iscariot making a deal, a significant deal, a deal to betray Jesus. But Judas's significant deal was far more significant than he could ever imagine. Our text takes place on Wednesday of Holy Week. By now, the chief priests and scribes wanted in the worst way to arrest Jesus and to kill him. Jesus was a threat to the power and prestige of the religious authorities. He was a threat to their control of the people. He had made them look bad publicly on several occasions. They had tried to trap him in discussion on more than one occasion, but Jesus always bested them again and again. He did so by asking them questions they could not or would not answer. In the minds of the chief priests and scribes, Jesus was dangerous. In their minds, he was dangerous in that he did not seem to be concerned about what they considered to be work on the Sabbath day. He associated and even ate with all the wrong people, such as tax collectors and other public sinners. He was not looking and acting the way the Messiah should act and look, at least in their estimation. And also... In their minds, Jesus had become far too popular with the people. They witnessed what happened on Palm Sunday when Jesus entered Jerusalem, accompanied by crowds that were yelling things like this, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The outpouring of support for Jesus was so great that the Pharisees watching it concluded this, look, the world has gone after him. And it was the popularity of Jesus with the crowds that caused the chief priests and scribes to hold off on arresting and killing him. 
they feared a violent backlash from the crowds if they tried to take Jesus away while he was out in public. So they needed help with their evil scheme, a way to get Jesus quietly and discreetly. So they rejoiced when Judas came to them and gave them exactly what they wanted and needed. Satan entered Judas, and Judas met with the chief priests and the temple guard about how he might betray Jesus and give him to them. It would actually take place in about 24 hours. On the very next evening, Judas would leave the upper room and go to the chief priests. He would lead the temple guard to Jesus as Jesus and the disciples were in the Garden of Gethsemane. He would hand Jesus over to them while he was away from the people. And in the ultimate act of betrayal, Judas would walk up to Jesus and identify him to the temple guard with a kiss. The fact is, this was not the first time Judas betrayed Jesus, or the other disciples for that matter. In John chapter 12, when Jesus is eating at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Mary anoints the feet of Jesus with very expensive ointment, and Judas objects. He objects that this was a waste of the expensive ointment. He argued that the oil could have been sold and then the money given to the poor. But John, the gospel writer, tells us that Judas was not concerned with the poor. Judas was the treasurer for the disciples and used to steal from the treasury. He wanted more money in the treasury so that he could have more money at his disposal. He had already made a significant deal with his own conscience to justify his continued betrayal of Jesus and the other disciples. While Judas' name has become synonymous with betrayal, Judas is far from the only one who has betrayed Jesus. In fact, We all can identify with Judas. We just have a different price. It isn't 30 pieces of silver for us, but it might be a momentary pleasure we feel as we use our phones and computers in sinful ways. It might be the self-importance that we feel when, when we are the center of attention as we gossip about a friend or a co-worker. It might be the lack of sorrow and empathy and maybe even the secret feelings of joy that we feel as someone else falters and we feel superior. Daily, daily we betray Jesus. Not with a kiss, but with our thoughts, words, and deeds that are self-centered and self-serving. And this is from people who believe in 
and confess Jesus. We have each made significant deals with our consciences just to let a little slide. Judas had his price, and we have ours. Although he didn't know it, the betrayal by Judas and the events that followed would be used by God to bring about what Judas could never imagine. It would not be 30 pieces of silver, but rather the holy, precious blood and the innocent suffering and death of Jesus Christ that would be the payment, the payment for all sin, for all people, for all time. Christ would not betray you. He would not betray the will of the Father. He would voluntarily shed his blood and offer his life as payment in full, in full for your sin. And just as he predicted on more than one occasion, he would rise again on the third day. No, Jesus will never, ever betray you. He promises to be with you always, even to the end of the age. He promises to never leave you nor forsake you. Even today, even today, he is interceding for you and speaking on your behalf in the presence of the Father. And just as he promised, he will return on the last day and will raise you and all believers and grant to you and all believers never-ending life in his presence. The significant deal that Judas made with the religious leaders of the day set into motion the events that God would use to change everything. Change everything between God and man. Satan, Judas, and the religious leaders would use this deal with a very evil intent. God would use it in accordance with his love and compassion for you and for all people. You see, it was all in accord with his plan. It was all in accord with his timetable. And it was all in accord with his will. It all gets set into motion with this significant deal, and then it all happens to your significant benefit. And so to God we give thanks. Amen.